Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Over the Line, a maintenance-disrupted podcast, and I'm your host, Steve Doby. Today, I welcome Alex Rosales from AME Power to the show to discuss re-engineering assets, and in particular, electrical assets. Alex has some great advice for anybody that's having some issues potentially with their existing OEM or outdated equipment that uh, there's, a, there's no support for anymore. I really enjoyed this episode, really enjoyed talking with Alex. We picked on OEMs a lot, which is always one of my favorite things to do. So I hope you enjoy. And before we get to our episode, a quick word from our sponsor, Star Wars Petroleum. Thanks. Hello, everybody. This is Steve Doby here, one of your hosts of Maintenance Disrupted. If maintaining heavy equipment in BC and Alberta is part of your job, I'm excited to tell you about the fuel and lubricant supplier, Star West Petroleum. Having personally worked with Star West in a previous job, I can tell you their service is unmatched, and they are committed to saving you both money and downtime. Their service team learns your equipment and suggests ways to extend its life and overall perform better. I was in the throes of starting a new job at a large-scale mine in BC, and we wanted to improve reliability quickly. One of our top issues was hydrocarbon management, and with the support of StarWest team, we were able to reduce our cost and ultimately chart a better path forward for our hydrocarbon management. My bosses were impressed, but I really can't take the credit. StarWest Petroleum did all the legwork. StarWest is a top-tier distributor of Phillips 66 lubricants, Kendall Performance Motor Oils, Phillips 66 Aviation Lubricants, Redline Synthetics, and Aspen Alkylate Fuel for Professionals. Also available from StarWest is clear and marked gasoline and diesel, heating and furnace oil. But really, it's their customer service that stands out. For more information, go to starwestpetroleum.ca or send me an email and I will get you in contact with the StarWest team. You'll be glad you did, and so will your equipment. Now, here's your episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Maintenance Disrupted. I'm here with Alex Rosales. Welcome to the show, Alex. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. Excited to be here. Absolutely. Um, so why don't you, before we get into our topic of re-engineering assets, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for this window. I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing opportunity to, to not only, uh, you know, mention the how we can how we can offer an impact to the industry, uh, but also some of, some of the details on this is, uh, on this very nice topic, which is uh, reengineering. Um, I think it's a it's a it's a, it's a it's a topic that, based on my career, is being one of the top three that being that I have been involved. Okay, reengineering reengineering parts, reengineering components, uh, or reengineering solutions. Okay. Um, Again, as, as, as my background in mechanical, as, as a mechanical engineer, um, I uh, graduated here in FIU, Florida International University. I've been involved with, um, with different industries. I, my first job was um, actually uh, share, um, doing customer support, technical support for heavy machinery, recycling, uh, in the recycling industry where, you know, lots of hydraulics, compactors, shear balers, um, uh, you know, every, all this big machinery that pretty much 
compact materials in order to make it a commodity and ship it over to China or other parts overseas. So been getting a lot of experience on the hydraulics. Then I jumped to another company doing automation, selling automation, selling robots, uh, helping customers on identifying more automated solutions for their industries, for their factories and all that. And now with Amy Power, the company that I'm actually uh, uh, working on right now, it's been a, the last three years has been amazing. Uh, in, the, in the industry that, that we are that we move in is pretty much in the uh, in the power electronic sector. So, on all these industries that I've been mentioned that I already mentioned, there is a piece of re-engineering. Okay, there is a piece of the project that, in order to help a customer, you need to understand what is already deployed, and understand what do you how you can add value without um, either re replacing whatever they have, it's just boosting their capabilities, adding some extra value on it, and make them, and making uh, the, these guys uh, or the customers uh, generate more revenue, make more, more efficient your, their operations and all that. So that's kind of my background compiled with the industry that I'm moving in, that, that we are working in. Um, and we're very excited on it. We're very excited on it, especially in this industry and in, in Emmy Power, where where we see the we see the the vast potential of reviving all all systems. As as you know, Stephen, uh, it's like having your car with a with a cassette player, right? That you're listening to music every every time you go to to your office. That, I mean, if you're using a cassette player, you, 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 I mean, you can use, you can listen to the music, you can enjoy it, but it's, it's still the same, it's, it's still old technology, okay? So it's, it's a very, very good, you know, it's a very good um, example to demonstrate that if you have, if you, are, you are open to the next step in terms of technology, you can either install in your same car, in the same spot, in the same slot where the, that cassette player is, you can install a CD player, or you can install a, a, a screen, you know, a, 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 a touch screen player that you that enables you to to listen to MP4, MP3s, digital music. So, having the the, the possibility to upgrade the technology, in this case, is power electronics converters, IGBTs. High power, high power energy conversion, having the possibility to offer those upgrades, those step ups in terms of technology, maintaining the same envelope, maintaining the same uh, slot, is 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 definitely uh, is definitely powerful. So yeah, um, that's that's kind of that's kind of you know a brief intro of where we're moving. And do you have any? Any specific item that you wanna that you want to discuss based on what I just said? <laughs> I have a I have a ton of things I want to discuss now. Um, so one of the one of the first things that kind of pops out in my mind when I'm thinking about um, assets that really require this is, is older things. Um, so we have a lot of a lot of people are working in facilities that are 40, 50, 60 years old, and some of this what they have in those those facilities is still what was originally there maybe a little less so for electronics maybe more so i'm i honestly don't know much about 
electronics as you know our conversations before i think you've probably gathered that that i'm a very much mechanical person and much less yeah. a electrical person um but you know when we have these older assets and you know even if you have a life cycle defined and last week or a couple of weeks ago we had cliff williams on the show we were talking about asset life cycles like one of the risks to delivering that life cycle is is support from your oems and vendors but if they don't exist anymore what do you do and you know it sounds like that's where where people like uh like you and your organization there really can help out because you you understand these assets and you can bring your your engineering skills into it and come up with not only a solution to repair what's already there but a solution to improve upon everything so you know and and the other aspect too is we get so tied down by our oem sometimes you know you get you get a part from you know i don't want to mention any specific company names but uh, from one, one of the big couple of companies there that supply electrical equipment and their engineering teams aren't quick on solutions. If you have a slightly different application than what it's made for, it can be hard to get support. And so, you know, that re-engineering of assets is, is where it gets to be pretty important. So like when we're talking about upgrades, like what do you, you know, you mentioned like a CD player or sorry, a, a tape player and, and you know, upgrading it and, you know, what other things like in, in our, in the heavy industry. So like when you're looking at IGBTs and stuff, like what are some common things that we're not, we, we've just accepted as part of running these pieces of equipment versus, you know, wh- how can we make them better? Well, excellent. It's an excellent topic. I, I think uh, I have a lot to say about it. Uh, and first I, I would like to uh, define you know, the, 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 the value that we add into the industry that we are in, okay? Ame Power is a company that provides solutions for power electronics, high power electronics, okay? Uh, high power electronics can be found in wind turbines, uh, trains, electrical trains, solar, solar farms, mining trucks, industrial applications, you name it. All those verticals, have something in common, and you already mentioned it. The dependency of the OEM sometimes is, is you know, provides some challenges to the end user. One is that these big players, okay, once they come up with that technology or with a design, and, and let's, pay, let's, let's, let's point out a specific uh, example in the rail industry, okay? The, the big players on the rail industry are located overseas, are located in Europe, okay? Germany, Spain, Italy, um, and so other companies. All the engineering, uh, all the engineering team developing these new technologies and the power converters uh, for all these equipment, rail, again, again uh, rail, wind turbine, uh, solar, mining truck, all that technology is coming from there. So when they deploy new equipment into the United States or Latin America, what happened is that as this technology is actually designed to last 10 or 15 years, the, some of the challenges that the, the end users uh, pretty much go over is one is obviously the, times, the time difference, the, the dependency of somebody overseas. Third, 
is that they, they don't have the structure, big OEMs don't have the structure to support a solution that's been designed to support it for 10 or 15 years more. They don't have, they don't have the structure. They are pretty much focused on new equipment, okay, new technologies. If you have a train that is 20 years ago, obviously I would love to sell you another train or the same happened with a mining truck. So it's, it's, there is a, definitely something that it has to be pointed out that in the after sales, it's not, a, it's not as robust as their um, new equipment de uh, deployment team, okay? So what, what happened is that when either the technology becomes obsolete you rely, you need to rely on somebody else uh, in order to sustain that technology. Um, sometimes the support or the lead time of those repairs or, or, or you know, to have that face-to-face -face conversation with that, with that engineer involved on your technology, the one that you're at, is very hard because this big organization have tons of people and it's very, it's very hard to identify who is the guy that can definitely give you a hand and support you. So I think based on, on, on this topic, there is a bunch of opportunity that come up with companies like us, where we see the, we see the need of helping customers on getting alternative solutions, getting a, 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 a drop-in replacement or whatever they are using, getting support or understanding uh, um, their system and ways to mitigate and you know, of creating a plan to mitigate all the issues. So that's pretty much where we are in right now. And Amipower is, is you know, offering a big impact to in the rail industry where it's, it's, it's never been before, it's never seen before the fact that you can run your train with a new, uh, with new technology without the need of replacing the whole thing. It's just adding value where they, in the areas where it needs to be added value. That's pretty much the, um, you know, the key point here, you know, is, is identifying those areas where the technology, the, the technology can definitely be improved and, and assisting the customer with support, with, with, with a good communication, offering good lead time, offering alternatives for, consider, for, for their consideration and being there, don't leave it, don't, you know, don't leave them hanging with a solution that nobody can, that nobody else can sustain. So I think that's critical. And that's, that's, that's kind of our equation of success in, in our company, that we are there, we, 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 we become an extension of your team. And, and, and we support, we support in any, 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 any given failure, we understand, to try to understand what happened and, and provide solutions and provide alternative to, to mitigate those failures. Yeah, and I think that's really key. So like, you, you know, I've worked, I've worked at small mines and, um, I, and I've worked at larger ones and the support you get from the OEMs is wildly different based on the size of your organization. And if you're at that small mine in a remote location, you're not getting any customer support from yeah. your big OEMs. They're just there to sell you parts and sell you, sell you a bit of equipment as needed, but the, the overall support isn't there. And so like when you're talking about, you know, you dig into failures and 
you know, I find that we've seen failures get normalized a lot within the equipment. It's, you know, um, we, we got a lot of big trucks. They have a lot of different ways that they fail. And you would think that, you know, after we see the same failure mode 10, 1500 times, that we would be able to take action and resolve that issue or go back to the OEM and say, hey, we've seen this a hundred times. Can we get this fixed? And it always starts out great where we start this process of, yeah, sure, let's dig into it. Let's gather some information. But it always falls off. Nobody ever seems to, and, and maybe it's not in their best interest to solve it because it's, uh, and that, now I'm just speaking as a disgruntled end user perhaps, but um, it's not in their best interest because they they sell you parts. They sell you the, the pieces you need to replace it. And if they engineer a better solution, they're going to lose that part sales. And that's where I really like what you said. And, and it's more about that partnership and getting to a solution that is better than the previous one. And I think that's what we miss a lot in our industry, especially when we're going outside of our maybe primary area of comfort. So like the mining trucks are a prime example. It's 75, 80% mechanical systems. So we've got a bunch of mechanical engineers, mechanical people working on that. And we've got a couple electrical engineers in our organization that um, maybe focused on a lot of different things. And so when we start looking at this, the electrical side of it, we kind of, it, it's a bit of a black box that we don't understand and we haven't, and you don't have anybody that you, you've partnered with to really understand it. So bring guys like, like you and your organization into fill that role and provide better solutions and to hear that you're going after different failures that's that's really refreshing to hear because it's it's not something that we see often and certainly you know there's there's lots of different organizations out there lots of them provide better support than others but you know when we're looking at kind of the bigger suppliers it's definitely tends to fall off so um absolutely there is a there is a uh, and uh, there, there, there is a consequence when, mm -hmm. when, when we point out that, you know, that, um, that part of support and, 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 and yeah, the support that, that, that the end user deserves. Uh, sometimes what happens is that we, we, have, we have customers where they feel so abandoned that they, they have a need to actually increase their, own, their, their internal capabilities uh, organically, okay? I can put you some examples, but um, let's say uh, one of them is, is, let's say Chicago Transit, for example. Uh, they, have, uh, they have a very robust team to overhaul their equipment, okay? And, and I'm not, I'm, you know, I, I, I would like to be fair on this, but the thing is, once, when, when you start feeling the pain of not having your vehicles in revenue and you go with the OEM to say, okay, guys, I'm having these type of issues. And even though sometimes the OEM say, okay, this is, these are the options that we can do and you already implemented them and the, the problem persists. What happened is an immediate reaction of, okay, guys, let's, let's find out ourselves what we can do internally to mitigate those issues. So you see different transit agencies. Some of them are very, you know, they're very capable of understanding their system and repairing them and digging on it and 
creating uh, processes, uh, preventive maintenance, uh, doing all kind of hiring new people, hiring power electronics engineers that they don't really get uh, the frustrations of others that are completely relying on the OEM. So it's based, you know, that makes the industry have different type of players, the ones that are self-sustained, the ones that are completely abandoned, the ones that are right in the middle, okay? And there's an opportunity to help them all. Uh, and, and the opportunity to help them all is when you actually transmit, transmit or share that trust that you can help them in one point or another. Sometimes they have a system that they've been running just for five or seven years, and the system is not as bad, but when they know when it's seven more years, the system will have 15. So in 15, probably the technology that, you're, that, you're, that you are using, the components are no longer manufactured. You call, you call the OEM of the component, not the OEM of the vehicle. You call the OEM of that component and they tell you, I'm sorry, Steven, I'm not manufacturing that IGBT anymore. And sorry, but I'm, it's, it's already too, it's super obsolete. We cut production of that specific component. So how do you end that up running your trucks, your trains, or your wind turbines if that critical component is already out of the game? So, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a complete cycle. Uh, and we have seen in all different inspections. And the beauty is that no matter where the customer is, if it's well positioned, if it's in the middle, or if it's completely abandoned, there are always opportunities to help. There's always opportunities to improve the technology, to improve the processes, to improve the reliability by understanding what's actually really going on. In, in your case, for example, temperature is, is, is temperature is critical for all mechanical and electrical components. You have to understand if there is a way for you to understand how you can make your system, your power electronic system on those mining trucks to avoid getting that delta temperature impact every morning, okay? Uh, if there's in a way that you can design an enclosure, you can add some sealing, some seals on the on the on the cover, if you can increase or if you can add up a heater into that into that specific system. So there's several ways. And let me tell you, when I was working with the first company I mentioned in the recycling industry, they have big machine shear bailers in up in the actually in one one of them was in Montreal with super low temperatures as well. And every morning the guys had issues. On, on you know turning on this machine because all the all the hydraulic pipes, even though it's oil on it, they had issues on starting the pumps. So it's, 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 it's how do you, okay, you sell a machine, you keep it running, it's brand new, it's running. But after the years, you know, the, the ceiling, the, 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 the gaskets, everything started deteriorating, you know, getting wear, getting, getting, getting deteriorated. And come on, coming up with a solution to understand, okay, guys, in order to in order to mitigate this problem, let's cover the heat pipes with some type of insulation that won't give you the problem every morning to start up the machine. 
So just by having just by having the communication with the customer, understanding what the issues are, every morning you switch the key, the pump doesn't go up, you have a, a, a new project to solve. So it's 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 the majority of the time the challenge that we face is having the right person to share the information. Okay. In that case, in, in your position where reliability matters, you know. Tell me your data. Tell, tell me what are your pains. And let me offer you options to identify which one are the most, most convenient for you to implement and avoid those issues. So communication is definitely a key here. Yeah, absolutely. And so kind of kind of moving into that, um, how we re-engineer, how you re-engineer components. So we've identified a problem and you know you get information from uh, from the end user, what is what is your process after that? What does it look like, and what kind of quality control measures are important, and and risk management um, principles fall into there? Because one of the biggest concerns is if if you go to another vendor and you're trialing a solution, we know what to expect out of this. It might not be the best, but we we know what to expect. We in most cases have some spare parts available to mitigate. Um, any damages if they fail, but when you're trialing a different solution or bringing in a different solution, um, there's going to be some risk with it. So how do you, in your process of re-engineering some of these parts, um, account for that risk and and ultimately get to a better solution than what we have have currently? Yeah, great question. The thing is, um, when you are re-engineering, remember that there was already a previous engineering process to come up with that design, okay? So there is a lot of value. There is a lot of uh, uh, time, engineering time deployed over the existing solution. With the goods, with the bads, with the whatever, that solution was already engineered and it was, it was made, meant to work, okay? The beauty of the re-engineering here is that there's always, always room, room to improve something, okay? either on the mechanical side and also on the electronics or electrical side. Uh, even with our systems, if we develop a solution, there, I'm pretty sure that we can, if we spend the time, if we hear the customer, if we, we can make our own solution even better. So it's, it's just a matter of defining if that's the path, the path to go or it's good enough to keep it the way it is. In, in answering your question is, Let's say that we have we have a power module that or that that is pretty much composed and have heat sink, an IGBT, a boost bar, and a piece of electronic that is pretty much driving the IGBT. That's a power module. That power module actually controls one phase leg of the motor. Okay. If we have to understand what's really happening. Okay, the first thing we, know, we do is to hear the customer feedback. We, we need to understand from the customer what's going on. What's going on in terms of, Alex, the temperature is giving me an issue. The power module does not have a way to self uh, be identified as a fail or good module. The gasket is suffering every time I take them down. It's not easy to install with the configuration that is that, that is was originally designed. 
So understanding the end user is the first thing that we do. No matter what the system is, what the technology is, it's understanding who is driving that bike, who is driving that car. Tell me how smooth is driving that car. Tell me how powerful is driving that car. Tell me what do you what do you like, what you don't like. You know, in that sense, having that feedback from the customer, we we start the plan on okay. If you're having issue with the temperature, there is a potential that we can perform in the cabinet to seal and protect these modules out of the crash environment outside in the exterior. So we start a plan in the mechanical and in electrical. In the mechanical, we have a team of engineers that identify, identify the areas where mechanically speaking, we can add value on it without impacting on the original design. Example. Uh, a boost bar. A boost bar is uh, is um, it's like a sandwich of different layers of metals that interconnects different connection electrical connections. That boost bar sometimes when it's installed or when it's being repaired, overtorquing those overtorquing those uh, bolts that is holding that can cause the boost bar to break or to crack. If you make that boost bar crack, you can create an arc flash that can short circuit the IGDT or can create a, a complete, a, a catastrophic damage to the converter. So either you say in, the, in a manual, guys, you have to torque this down to this specific torque. Second, you add a reinforced layer of FR4, which is a material that protects the insulation of that boost bar. You create a, a, a video on how to install it, being carefully, you know, without damaging that, that module. So there, I'm a, just by this um, a conversation, I'm telling you different ways to mitigate that problem. Training, <laughs> reinforcing the material, and apply the right amount of torque. Just with those three, you can get a definitely a better reliability of your modules if you follow those three steps. And we are, what we are doing is understanding your pains and giving you recommendations what to do. The same happens in the electrical side when we start a process of uh, understanding how the power module switch, how the power module switch from the OEM, how it was originally designed to switch. We cannot change the, the switching behavior. Otherwise, we will change the operation of your truck, of your train, or your wind turbine. So we need to understand how we can make that better. And let me tell you, it's impressive, or it's, it's very common for us to detect that existing systems that has been designed by big, big, big OEMs. When you actually make this, the analysis of how these guys are switching, how the activities are behaving, let me tell you that we have been able to decrease the losses, the energy losses, by making the IGBT switch better than the OEM. Because if you reduce the, um, the noise on that sinusoidal waveform, that, that noise is converted to heat. So that makes the IGBT switch, switch, I mean, perform the job, but 
uh, creating heat as a loss, heat losses. When you create heat losses, uh, you automatically are decreasing the life cycle of that, IGV, uh, of that system. Instead of lasting 10 years, it will last two or three years because that switching has not been optimized to make a switch uh, so that GBT can switch, you know, as relaxed in a relaxed way. So the process that we follow is pretty much that, uh, Stephen, is, is coming, understanding the customer, dividing that into mechanical and electrical, getting both team, both, both teams working together and identifying those areas of improvement and coming them together, putting them together to offer a solution. That solution comes with the new technology, but also comes with support, comes with training, comes with knowledge that we transfer over to the end user so that we can make them run the operations better. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I really like that because, you know, you expect when you buy something from, you know, these companies, the Fortune 500 companies or whatever it is, you expect that you get a, a really well engineered and thought out product. But, you know, the more I work with a lot of these bigger organizations, the more I realize is they're just trying to push things out the door. They're not that customer focused anymore. And I think it was, I think it was IBM. Um, they used to have a very, um, an engineer, their, the leader of their organization was an engineer or software type person, and they really focused their solutions around, around the person. But then, you know, as time went on, that leadership changed to, changed to more of the sales and marketing type of leadership. And what we, what you saw was IBM and like, we don't have IBMs in our home anymore. And they really lost an entire market share because of that. And we've seen that with so many different companies and like I've read a few books where like they just kind of go through these examples of it. And so if you lose sight of that customer focus, then, you know, things stop being engineered to resolve a solution and they're just engineered to be good enough to get by. And, but if you, you're selling something that's supposed to last 10 to 15 years and it's only lasting three, like us as an industry need to push back on a lot of these guys and say, Hey, this is not acceptable. You promised us this life cycle we're getting this now stop either fix it or we're going to go somewhere else. And right. I don't think we all understand that there's a lot of options and a lot of places we can go. AME power, for instance, um, is, is a solution where if you're having troubles with some of your electrical systems, you can go there and they're going to provide you a better solution. Or, you know, there's a bunch of other companies out there that do it. And I don't think we, use them enough uh, in our industry to, to get that value and also hold OEMs accountable. <laughs> yeah. So, and really that's at the end of the day, you know, we just want a product that works. And in my case, I want a product that goes in my trucks and my trucks, trucks run Absolutely. well. Like that's what I care about where Absolutely. it's coming from. Absolutely. <laughs> you guys, I mean, your, your goal as organization is to keep doing what you do best, okay? Yeah. It's the mining work. That's, obviously, you have to deal with maintenance. You have to deal with, you know, keeping your trucks moving, right? Because it's, mm -hmm. part, of, it, it's part of the main goal. But you're, you're not, your role is not to be an, and become an expert in power electronics. 
become an expert on your uh, on your trucks or become an expert on everything on all your cranes uh, all your machinery you, mm -hmm. your role is you 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 cannot be out of focus on your main goal your, your main goal is running a mining a mining uh, a mining site and the same happens with the wind turbines your main goal is to generate electricity is generate cost and clean electricity you have to deal with keeping the wind turbines running Absolutely, but you, you cannot become an expert on, on every single component, generator, shaft, bridge, uh, uh, um, pitch blades, blades, converters, so many subsystems and systems are, that are involved that, that cannot make you out of focus on what you're trying to accomplish, which is make, uh, generate electricity in an affordable way and in a cleaner way. And, 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 and that's, this is something that we, every time we talk to a customer, we, we mention it because it's, 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 we understand sometimes the frustration of customers that they really want to get ownership of what, what's going on with their vehicles, with, 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 their, with their revenue equipment, because they want to sustain their operations. But it's, 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 it's hard for them to rely on partners that can deal 100% with that, you know, uh, being uh, out of the worry or be, being out of the uh, concern, you know, it's, it's hard. But definitely there, there are companies out there, there's always a room for, for opportunities for, to make it better. So that's why you see all these software companies launching and, and making a big impact into into the world. Uh, if you come up with a so software solution that can, you know, give you data to predict uh, a failure or give you data to identify where the areas that you need to invest uh, or the areas that you need to cut expenses or the areas that you need to be involved in, there's several there's several ways to 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 make it better and 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 it's not only on the on the industry that we move in but also on the software side it's crazy it's the data data is nowadays is is the most important asset managing that data uh, analyzing that data and if you have the way to uh, play around with the data that is generated every single day in your operations just by managing data, you will create the impact that you're looking for. Because it's, 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 it's data is at this, at this time of the, of the era of where we are as a, as a, as a you know, this time of, the, this time of humanity, is, is data is now the most important asset. That's why you see, uh, uh, artificial intelligence handling data that can never be ambition to handle by a human being. You need to have an algorithm to get that data, analyze it, and give you a feedback. That's the only way to do it. You have to have a machine to control that amount of data. So I think it's, it's, it's where we are, everything is moving on, okay? In the, rea in the reliability side of things, Data is what everybody wants to collect, everybody wants to analyze, and everybody wants to give you feedback on that. Yeah. And, 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 and that's, 
that's something that all, all organizations generating revenue from any mechanical or electrical equipment, I think the best on that, this is my personal opinion, but my best advice for all these people, all these companies and people that want their business to succeed and get to the, to the next level, despite all the challenges with COVID or any future other challenge, whatever, data collection, analyzing that data will make, will make you be better despite all the technical challenges, despite, you know, the, the, all the technical challenges, overseas, OEMs, support, everything. Because with that data, you will understand how your system is moving, how your system is running, and you can identify, okay, I'm having this amount of failures, I need to do something on it. I need to detect, I need to monitor what's going on from now to the end of the year, see how it goes, and after getting that data, I will react to make my numbers go up and the failures go down. That's, that's, that, that only is triggered by data. And when you yep. collect data, you have the power to know what to do. You know, and, and that's a really good point because we, a lot of equipment, it's, it's got sensors, it's got, it's got data being generated, but it's locked down and inaccessible. And some organizations have the ability to reverse engineer that, that data port and pull that into their systems. But you need a pretty big IT team to be able to handle that. Now, with re-engineer components, that's that's less of a problem because you know we can and, and is that what you is that what you the kind of methodology you take is you know you're buying this equipment from us we're re-engineering it for you and you know what here's how you plug into it to collect that data and here's what you can do to use that data and then also feed it back to you to make that equipment better the next time around right absolutely but with that, I think we are running a bit out of time. Alex, how can people get in touch touch with you? Are you going to any conferences or or uh, anything like that? Well, uh, Stephen, I, I think it's it's been a it's been a very uh, my pleasure being here and express some of my thoughts and, and experiences. Um, Amy Power is 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 definitely growing. Is is we are right now about thirty five people here. Uh, we're going to uh, we're going to move to a new location which will allow us to be four times bigger with no issues. Um, we are um, in the process of organizing ourselves uh, as you know COVID impacted some of them some of the important events uh, through the year like you know uh, American Public Transportation Association, uh, Wind Power Association. Clean Energies Association. So there's several associations that we part of that we are not able to attend. Now it's virtual for this year, but I'm pretty sure that we, in, in, the, in this process that we are in on restructurizing the company and making it, you know, ready for the next level. That includes, you know, uh, a consolidation of a marketing team, a consolidation of, uh, of a team that it will pretty much do the marketing of those or handling all those events for us. So definitely whoever wants to understand what we do is always a, a, a website available, which is amepower.com. There are two main sectors there, which is mass transportation and wind turbine. 
Um, there is one uh, important uh, um, page on that website that is called Amepower Rice, which is kind of our approach to modernize old or obsolete equipment uh, with new technology. And um, yeah, I mean, my email is arosales at amypower.com. I can be contacted at any time. Um, I'd be super happy to assist you or be part of all, any other uh, you know, podcast in the future. I just wanted to say thank you, Stephen, for taking, for inviting me, to, for having this window. Uh, and we are always open to any questions or any any concerns that you know anybody has on their either with equipment in the power electronics or anything that that we can add value to, we would be more than happy to to assist them. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for coming on, Alex. And I'll make sure to put all those links that you mentioned there into the description of the podcast so our listeners can can find you. Um, so it was great to have you on. Um, this was really enlightening conversation for me. I hope our listeners uh, learned a thing or two as well. And if you guys have any questions, as always, you can shoot them over. So thanks again, Alex, and have a good one.